Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. And I know that uh, you're expecting our Monday host, Nick Cady, to be here, but he's not with you today. I'm filling in. My name is Ed Taylor. So welcome, everyone, on this day uh, grateful to be with you, grateful to take your calls and your questions. The number to dial is 303-690-3000. Hopefully you have it in your contacts and you can just tell Siri or Google or whoever you talk to on your phone to dial it for you. Calvary Live, that's the on-air number, 303-690-3000. And then we do have a dedicated texting line. It is for texting only. And that number is 720-336-0897. And if we don't get the phone calls coming in, then we will go to the text and read the text and answer the text as unto the Lord. We don't always get to all the texts. Sometimes we can have as many as 30, you know, 25, 30 texts, and we can't get to them. Uh, but we will when we can. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, especially you guys um, especially you guys on the East Coast. Uh, I can't remember the last time I hosted a Monday afternoon, so uh, you guys on the East Coast, give us a call, 303-690-3000. Even though, if you're listening on the East Coast, you're listening to this as a one-week delay, so when you call in, it's probably not going to be me. Um, but we have wonderful men of God that fill in on Calvary Live. Nick Cady does Mondays. Jeff Figs does Tuesdays. I do Wednesdays and Thursdays, and Eric Cartier does Fridays, and a good mix of personalities and gifting types and all very solid, godly men of God, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, gifted uh, with the calling of pastor-teacher, and uh, we want you to call in. So lines are wide open, 303-690-3000. We are studying on our weekend, so yesterday and Saturday we studied the first couple verses of chapter 3 in Hebrews. I don't know how your church does the Bible studies, but we have chosen to go through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book. And we are studying through the Bible book of Hebrews, every word, uh, verse by verse. But yesterday we paused uh, on a word. Um, One word really jumped out at me when I was putting the study together. And let me just read it to you. I, I, I'm going to share it with you because I want you to get the study and listen to it because I believe it's a relevant study. So I didn't change the study for Father's Day. Uh, I just, sometimes I do, most of the times I don't uh, because I think the Bible is the Bible on any Mother's Day, Father's Day. And, uh, you know, with the exception of Resurrection Weekend and um, Christmas, Uh, I generally try not to change the studies unless the Holy Spirit leads me to. So here's the first couple verses of Hebrews 3. Uh, Let me read it to you, New King James. 
And so, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. And we just pause there, because that word consider, the apostle and high priest of our confession, was so important uh, that we spent the most of the, the Bible study on that teaching, that word, consider, means to, to longingly look. It means to, uh, basically I defined it as slow down. You know, if you're looking for, uh, you're looking for some stability and peace and help and hope, slow down. And although the direct definition is not specific to this Greek word, it is a connected word. And we looked at the word meditate, which also speaks of slowing down, meditate. And in our slowing down, we went over to Joshua chapter 1, wherein Joshua was told, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And I developed the need for us to slow down in a rapid-paced culture. I mean, sometimes you're so caught up in the culture, you don't realize just how crazy it has become. Or in, in the case of your own life, just how crazy your own life has become so that your spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ has suffered, your relationship with those that you love suffered, uh, your, your mind is not saturated with the truths of God, your mouth isn't filled with the words of God, and the admonition is to slow down and meditate on the word. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What do you do to slow down? Maybe you don't slow down. Um, I want to hear it. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. And uh, let's talk about uh, biblical meditation uh, and how different it is from what the world teaches as meditation. And I want to I make that distinction sometime during the show today, as I did with our church yesterday, but I want to uh, talk about these things and be open for your phone calls to discuss this. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Give me a call. What else is going on in your life? You know, uh, quite a bit is going on in my life. I'm always grateful to be used to the Lord and, um, you know, enjoying uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, enjoying the uh, presence of God in my life, just just filled to capacity uh, with the joy of the Lord. Um, you know, it's it's even a battle, isn't it? Even it, it's a battle sometimes in life to enjoy life. Um, it's too easy to complain uh, and to be upset, and the gas prices are rising, and home prices are rising, and electric bills rising, and the water bill, and on and on, you know, traffic, Denver's got more traffic, or where you live, or the grass is not growing, or whatever, whatever. And let the circumstances of life and the difficulties in our hearts and minds steal away the joy of the Lord. 
And may the Lord help us that we might be filled with we might be filled with joy, that we might be filled with appreciation, that we would be thankful more than we're critical, thankful more than we are um, murmuring and complaining, thankful more than we are coveting and jealous. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, The show is starting off pretty slow, and it's actually not the slowest show that I've ever had. I think one show I did uh, was we didn't get a call for the first half until like the last few minutes of the first half. Uh, So uh, I have have a lot to share, um, and I can easily teach... Uh, the study from this weekend if we don't get any calls. And praise the Lord, whatever the Lord has, I'm open to it. 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Biblical meditation. How is it different from the way the world uses the word meditate? And what is the origin of the world's definition of meditation? What's the goal? Uh, You know, let's talk about these things because it's important that we learn to slow down and consider Jesus Christ meditating on his word, chewing it, and using it, and growing in God's grace. 303-690-3000. The phone lines are open for any topic. It does not have to be this topic. Uh, but this is just fresh on my mind because I taught, taught it three times this weekend. And, and I felt like the Lord really used it in a wonderful way. Really ministered to people's hearts and really got to the core of some things uh, in people's lives from the feedback that I received and um, and also just helped us grow in um, grow in grace, grow in knowledge uh, and 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 really learn to slow down. Well, I think finally 10 minutes gone, we've got a phone call. so let's go over to the phone lines. Don's calling in Denver, Colorado. Don, welcome to the program. How you doing Pastor Ed? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I got a friend who, uh, he, he takes a lot of the Bible literal, and I know that a lot of the Bible should be taken literal. Uh, there's a scripture in uh, Isaiah that talks about the seven spirits of God that came out of the throne. Uh, could you explain, uh, I can hang up and listen, but could you explain that scripture? I can, yeah, and... Uh... And, and I think that uh, if you want to hang on just for a second before you hang up, okay. um, we should take the entire Bible literally. Yeah. Every single word, every single phrase, every single passage, paragraph, teaching, we should take the entire Bible literally. And otherwise, it would be open to anybody's interpretation of the sections you don't take literally. Yeah. However... The well, my, necessity my friend thinks of, that the, there's seven spirits of God instead of the Trinity. Right. So let's so, so let's think this through for a second because if indeed that would be the case, let's say for your friend, um, it, well, let's go back first. Let me follow a path. So number one, we must take the Bible literally on every page. Right. And that's how we determine whether something is poetic in nature whether it's prophetic, whether it is rhetoric, or whether it is a quotation of an unbeliever, whether, or in this case, an Isaiah, whether it is a 
um, it is a metaphoric view of the Holy Spirit. Right. So it is not teaching uh, that there are seven spirits of God, but rather we know uh, biblically that the number seven speaks of completion. And yeah. so I believe in Isaiah, it's speaking of a completed work of the Holy Spirit as you see them uh, laid out before you. Um, but we would never be able to come to that unless we took it, um, unless we took it literally, um, because we have to take it all literally. But I believe it's a, I, th- I believe it's metaphoric. I think it's giving you a picture of the fullness of the work, very much like, uh, let's say, in the Proverbs, um, you know, where let's see, let me get a, uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, there's a couple of passages. You know, wisdom is personified in the in the Proverbs. Uh, wisdom yeah. is is compared to a woman, but wisdom is not a person. Um, right. You know, it says in Proverbs nine one, wisdom has built her house. She's hewn out her seven pillars. Um, he's being that we we read that the literal words, but from the way it's written and how we take it literally, we know that this is a comparison. It's wisdom's being personified, um, just like this brother, your friend thinks that there's seven holy spirits. Does he also think wisdom is a woman walking around or in heaven somewhere? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> and I, that's what I like to do in these hard dialogues. You know, with these with these difficult dialogues with friends where they've come to some erroneous conclusion. I mean, he couldn't build that seven spirit theology anywhere else in the Bible. There's nowhere else. There's no right. other mention right. like that. Um, and so I got he, the he can impression only, he, that uh, <clears throat> because of how it's described, it seems to be the seven characteristics of God. But yeah, it's like a fullness of his work. Not... Yeah, it's it's like the fullness of the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not a complete list, but it is a full list. Right. Uh, it's a list that speaks. I mean, the Holy Spirit is not limited to those seven characteristics, um, but it, it is not mentioned. It's not identifying seven spirits. Neither is it ever ever uh, repeated again. Jesus didn't teach it. It's not in the Book of Acts. It's not in the epistles. Uh, right. It is nowhere else. Just like there's no Jesus didn't speak about wisdom walking around Jerusalem as a woman. Uh, Paul didn't talk about it. None of the early church talked about it in Acts. It's it's metaphor. It's a pictorial language that we use. We use that today. Uh, yeah. You know when we when we describe things, we use the same kind of language today that you would have to take literal. I'm saying the literal words. But you also have to understand the nuance of my little literal words of what they mean. Yeah. So what I like to do with brothers like this is I like to put put it back on them. The burden of proof for a new theology is on the person that created it. Um, it's not on me, you know. Right. So if somebody calls with some weird theology to the show, I, like I don't need to refute it. You need to prove it. Um, yeah. and you need to, dis- and somebody come, maybe comes up after a service. Oh, pastor Ed, pastor Ed, I found this brand new thing in the Bible. And I'm like, I, I don't think, I don't think that's a accurate way of approaching the Bible. No, Ed, it is, it is. And I'd say, well, let me know how it goes and tell me the fruit of your life of, af- as you follow your belief. Um, because it won't end well to be, the, the person will always be divisive. They will always try to prove their point. Uh, they always feel superior over people. They won't be in fellowship. They won't be dripping and oozing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I guarantee you, every false teaching leads a person to their flesh and not to the Spirit of God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. It's a great question. Thanks for calling.
Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Debbie calling from Aurora, Colorado. Debbie, welcome to the program. Well, hi, Pastor Ed. Thanks so much for taking my call. So my question is about veganism. And so my daughter's okay. a vegan. And right. um, and so I've learned a lot about, you know, the treatment of farm animals and, and things like that. And I know that there there is some mistreatment that, that goes on, especially with the factory farms. But I also know that God permits us to eat animals, you know, after the fall. I know that that changed. So I guess I just want to know. I'm not, I don't struggle with eating animals. Um, okay. I guess I struggle more with the treatment. So I just wanted to know what either, you know, what your thoughts might be on that, what you think um, God's thoughts might be on, 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 you know, treating animals the way that, that some of the farms treat them. So, so that's my question. Well, the the Proverbs hold responsible the owner of the animals on their treatment. And God, while animals are lower uh, lower than human beings, they're sure. still to be treated with uh, respect and care. Uh, we're not to uh, abuse animals. Um, we are not to hurt them or harm them in the sense of, you know, kind of like when you're thinking like a pet, uh, we're, we're to take care of our animals, you know, and then, Remember that the Israelis, um, the the children of Israel were an agrarian people, so they lived off the land and they lived off their animals. And mm-hmm. any any real true farmer will tell you that they're going to take care of their animals so that they can get the the uh, they that they can honor um, the need to take care of them and to get the best uh, output from them, whatever the animals are on the farm for. You know, whether it's for meat or for eggs or whatever it might be. Um, and, mm-hmm. and so God has given us dominion over the animals. Um, that's from the very beginning in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, um, that he's given rule, uh, and power over, given that to us over animals. Um, it's repeated again in the Psalms and, and he's given us animals to eat. He even, uh, yeah. for the yeah. old covenant, uh, he even made a distinction between clean animals and unclean animals. Uh, right. If I was, if we were able to to interview God today and ask Him, mm-hmm. um, are you happy with the way um, the industrial complex and the corporations are treating animals? I would have to say He doesn't approve. But but mm-hmm. I, but I think you would, I think you would get that answer for just about everything um, in in this sin soaked world from God's perspective, um, because man, we we just have a tendency of messing things up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and I know that, you know, there are some that are certified humane, and I do try to stick to that, but boy, that's so expensive. So I'm just wondering if, um, I guess as part of being obedient, then maybe we need to stick with, with, you know, making sure that we're purchasing products where we, you know, believe that they're being treated more humanely, I suppose. Well, I do think that I do think that there's a very big need in our lives to live without crushing the sensitivity of our conscience. Mm-hmm. And once our conscience is, becomes alive and sensitive in an area, we have to be really, really careful uh, not to not to ignore that in our lives. And mm-hmm. we, if if I, I'm rec- you know the closest thing I can think of when it comes to a topic like this would be when animals when meat was sacrificed to idols remember paul talked about Uh meat being sacrificed to idols and he said don't even ask don't even ask 
where it came from, if it's served to you, eat it. Uh, okay. and, and if then you do know that it's from an idol, you don't have to eat it. And it's, it's that, that opportunity that God has given to us to, to make those choices. So A, on one side, we need to be able to make those choices. And then B, on the other side, we need to be careful not to be judgmental of those that make a different choice. Like, you sure, know, a vegan sure. thinking that they're doing something better than eating meat or a meat person uh, putting down a vegan. It's, it's just the enemy right. that's always trying to find these little things uh, that would cause men to go against men and women to go against women and feel mm-hmm. more superior than the other. Um, but mm-hmm. from I, I haven't done I haven't done exclusive you know exhaustive studies on this, but from what I have learned is the going the way of veganism and vegetarianism is a more healthy way uh, to eat, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it would be very very hard for me uh, to do that. Uh, God right. hasn't given me the burden to do that, but I know some people by health wise and in just you know their desire to um, their desire to be more healthy. Um, if somebody's doing it to be more spiritual, I don't see that as a biblical, I don't see that biblically. Right. Uh, right. It's not a okay. spiritual decision, okay. what you, what you eat, but yeah. it, it, you, you can factor in that conscience and that humanitarian part. Like if you are truly burdened and crushed by the way that animals are treated by corporations, then it would do well for you to keep your conscience soft and find other mm-hmm. ways and, and, uh, and even though it is more expensive, uh, the Lord can always replace money. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, thank you so much. That's a great question. Thanks for calling. All righty. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. And just like that, the lines are open. I mean, full. So keep calling. 303-690-3000. Line one is Jerry calling from Denver, Colorado. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hello? Hey Jerry, you're on the air. Um, yes, um, I'm in recovery, and um, okay. I know I'm changing and growing because I'm having more compassion with people, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm building relationships. But I'm going through a lot of internal anger, um, okay. and I don't really understand what it's about. Can you give me some advice? Well, I can give you some broad perspectives of why anger might be a big issue in your life. Um, I don't know the direct root of it, but let's consider, are you a born-again believer? Yes, sir. Okay, so already in your life and mine, we have a battle going on. The Bible describes as the spirit against the flesh. And one of the works of the flesh that's listed in the book of Galatians is the outbursts of wrath. Or these, you could also say, like you're seeing in your life, these episodes of anger. And Uh we know that anytime we're bursting out in anger, uncontrolled anger, uh, it is is a fleshly, sinful response. But here's why I believe, uh, this is why I believe it's it's directly related to this victory you're getting in sobriety and and being delivered from your addiction. Uh, And let's see if it doesn't, you can chew on it, you know, just chew on it. It might connect with you right away, but... In addiction, okay. uh, in addiction, when a person is turning themselves over to drugs or alcohol, it's a very, it's very much a, an act of control. Uh, you feel bad, so you drink, so you don't feel bad anymore. You feel bad, you take some drugs, so you don't feel bad anymore. And what happens, of course, is those drugs and alcohol have properties in them that connect with you physiologically and make your body crave more of it. That's basically what addiction is. 
in a very simple way. So now that you no longer have, and you have chosen uh, to walk in the victory of Jesus Christ, and you're no longer bound or in bondage to alcohol or drugs, you could say that your life is a little out of control, at least the way you see it or feel it. You may not even notice this in your life, but like you're just feeling like I don't have as much control as I did before. Is that accurate? It feels very out of control. Okay, so check this out. Here's the bridge. You ready? Uh huh. Anger is a an emotion of control. Okay. It is primarily used to express a feeling of being out of control and wanting control back. For example, when a parent starts screaming at their kids for obedience, what is that parent trying to do? Control the child. Yes. And on and on. You can think of all the episodes of anger. Uh, you know, somebody cut you off uh, on the freeway and you pound your steering wheel. I can't believe I can't. I hate that person. Why did they cut me off? Scared me so much. You're trying to control the situation. Like It's almost as like you think the lane belongs to you. Somebody took it from you and your response was anger because you want to have this sense of control. But you know as well as I do, anger is almost as destructive as addiction. Want to fall into that trap of just replacing with the ang- the addiction with the anger. And, so let me ask uh, you a question I, because we're we're almost out of time. So let me let okay. me ask you a question. What is it that you're getting angry about the most? Can you share that over the air? Um, I think it's be- feeling like I'm out of control and. I'm not reacting to people in the same way that the old me would react. And I'm reacting in my new life and the new way that I should respond. Um, And then I get angry about it because it's not how I would do it. I'm doing the right thing, but the result is I'm getting angry about it. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally, I, I see that this pathway that you're on of learning how to replace the control with trust and trusting that God is with you. God is leading you. God is working all things together for the good. He's promised you peace. He's promised you rest. Um, Are you, it says you're in Denver. Are you close to Aurora? If I, if you, if I had my assistant get a book out and, and I would give it to you as a gift, could you drive to the church and pick it up? Oh yes. Yes. I'm not far from the church. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. She's not in today, but tomorrow I'll send her a note and I'll ask her to put a book out for you. Or you, you know, I'll have uh, Kevin get your information uh, and okay. she'll connect with you. It's called. It's a book called Sidetracked in the Wilderness, and you could say that that has been your life of addiction. Has been sidetracked in the wilderness, and and this brother, he's in heaven now, but this brother does a great job to teach you some of the principles of abiding in Christ so that anger doesn't control you, but rather you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the attributes, the fruit of the Spirit, is what? It is self-control. Self-control, yes, yes. And I'm self-controlling on the outside, but on the inside, I'm very angry. Well, it's going to get to the inside, too, you know, because you're you're being thoroughly clean. Uh, it's sort of like people that, that cuss their whole life. They got saved, and now they're not cussing with their mouth anymore, but they sure are still cussing in their head uh, because God is he's cleaning them up. 
You know, he's okay. cleaning us up from the inside out. And, you know, that we're always going to have the flesh. As long as we're in this body, we're going to battle the flesh. So it's not that, that what where God is leading you is perfection. That's not possible. We're always going to fail and stumble. But he is leading you to victory and peace and abundance. And so... And I have some days where I can get a lot of peace from him, but then I'll have peaceful days. And then another day, I just wake up and I'm... I'm just so angry that I'm just like waking up, clenching my teeth. Yes. And I would say this, and we're, we're like, we got a few seconds. I would say this. You always have the peace of God, but on some days it's being stolen and ripped off from you. So uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Kevin, put her on hold. Get her contact information, and I'll have Cassandra connect with you, okay? Thanks for calling. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back for many of you. And for many of you, welcome to the second half of today's program, Calvary Live, originating right here from the studios of Grace FM Colorado and the ministry outreach of Calvary in Aurora. And we are Calvary Church. We are grateful to be uh, here now almost 19 years. And Grace FM, I think, is eight years old this year, seven or eight. I always have to look it up, but uh, I can't believe how fast it's gone. I remember when we went live uh, in that little room where we had computers set up, and we invited everybody after a Wednesday night service to come in and crowd that room. And we went on the air for the very first time reading the scriptures, reading the gospel of God. And uh, our station, Grace FM, is dedicated to the Word and worship 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, And we are grateful. I know we do have some business partners. Those are not commercials. We're a non-commercial station, so those are uh, donor acknowledgments. We get to acknowledge those that through their business support Grace FM. So if you uh, want to support Grace FM with your business, uh, you can donate, and you don't have to have an acknowledgement if you don't want it. You can donate to our to our radio station. Go to gracefm.com, gracefm.com. Pays for shows like this, pays for the phone bill, pays the rent, pays the electricity, pays... I mean, it's pretty expensive to run a radio station, um, and we appreciate your giving. Uh, we appreciate you supporting us and partnering with us. And uh, anybody can give to Grace FM. And of course, you guys listening on Hope FM, give to Hope FM. And you guys listening on Truth FM, give to Truth FM. Uh, because all of our stations uh, need to be supported. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's the show today, 303-690-3000. Here is uh, Tammy, it looks like, is... Uh, next, or wait a minute. Uh, yeah, let's go to Tammy. Uh, Tammy is on line three. Tammy, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Um, my question is, is my daughter um, is going to be getting married, and she's okay. been in a relationship with, um, she's a lesbian, and okay. she has my two-year-old granddaughter, and right. for a long time when this started, I was really upset, not happy. Okay, <laughs> and I've learned to accept accept it, but 
um, when I read the Bible and I pray, it's just so hard for me still to deal with sure. it. And it I definitely listen is to hard. Your, your sermons in the morning. You've touched yes. on it, and I'm just not sure what to keep doing about it. You know, keep praying. Um, I, you know, I can't really, it's hard to accept it, but I deal with it. But I love yes. my daughter, so I just, yes. you know, learn to deal with it, but it's hard. You know, both, I think both those things are true. You know, learning how to accommodate the sinful decisions of our kids or our family members in love for them, while at the same time it being very, very hard and not compromising on not only what we believe, it's not even as, it's the priority is not even what we believe, it's what the Bible teaches. And, mm-hmm. and just as much as uh, your daughter and the lifestyle that she has chosen, uh, is she requires some kind of accommodation from you, um, that's a two-way street in any relationship. Uh, we want to uh, we want to have a real relationship, and and there should be respect on her part to acknowledge to you that um, that you don't approve, and it's okay that you don't approve. Um, as a matter of fact, it's as the as mom that that is given um, responsibility in raising her kids. Um, you would she would want you not to approve of things uh, that that are wrong biblically. And now it's easier to talk about it, you know, on the radio, of course. Um, mm-hmm. It's easier to talk about it when we are, you know, not in the middle of having a grandchild in the middle and uh, will I ever get to see them again and uh, what that all looks like. But, you know, the reality of of the the need for you to be in your grandchild's life is important, uh, but it doesn't require you uh, to approve of something that you know the Bible doesn't approve of. You know, you, you've come to a place where, like Peter... When Peter was brought before the um, before the Sanhedrin and they told him, don't you preach the gospel anymore, he was brought to a place, okay, Peter, what are you going to do? Uh, are you going to listen to man or are you going to listen to God? And and so he's the one that asked the question. I mean, he's the one that said it. He says, you, you, you think I should... Sub- you think I should... Uh, you think I should believe or, or obey God or, or you? Um, and And he very much chooses to obey God. And sometimes obeying God will involve suffering the consequences. Um, but your your daughter's not getting married. Um, your daughter is having a ceremony with another woman, but in God's eyes, that's not marriage. Correct. And I chose not to attend. Um, and she thinks that, you know, she wants to argue the point that, you know, what you hear all over the the radio or the news, um, how they want to protest that they think it's okay biblically to do what they're doing because they perceive it wrong. Well, and I mean, I think, I, and you, I see that you, happening all over, and I and I don't think it's it's not the work of God. I know it's not the work of God, but I don't know how um, they can get so twisted on it, and then they want to argue with me about it. When I mean, I don't want to argue with her, but she wants to bring it up. You know, like if you're if you're so godly, mom, then why wouldn't you, you know, accept the way I am or love me for who I am? You know, so it's that kind of stuff that they want to kind of turn on you. Like, you know, God would love me no matter what I do. And, you know, so it, it's just, well, ugh, it can get so Those are hard. two different it's, things. You know, it's those are two different things. Uh, again, if she's open to dialogue, then, you know, truly being ready to communicate with her is good because you could look her in the eye 
and with absolute certainty, look her straight in the eye and say, honey, I love you no matter what you do or what you say or what decisions you make. You know, I carried you in my womb for nine months. I nursed you and fed you. And I mean, you could go down a list of a million things that affirm your love for your daughter. And we oh, could yeah. shut that Bye-bye. down yeah. right away um, without arguing. You know, you by the time you get to point number 10, you're probably going to be weeping um, because of <laughs> all the investment and sacrifice as a mom that you've made for made to her. So her communication on that level is is not fair. And I think she needs to understand that. It's not fair. And there are many other things, many other decisions that would cause a difficulty in our relationship. For example, if you chose to punch me in the jaw, we would have a problem in our relationship. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. Yes, mom. Oh, yeah. If you stole my car, we would have a problem with, don't you think? Yes, mom. And you could go through another list of things. You remember when you were 13 and you did X, Y, and Z? Didn't we have a problem in our relationship? And and so what she's doing is she's skipping to the end so that she can mm-hmm. make her point, but she's not allowing the journey to bring fairness to the decision that she's making that is very, um, very much known by her. Like it's not an accident. She's willfully making this decision, willing to pay whatever consequence there is to to have to to have a difficulty with her mom and then blame her mom for it. Mhm. And and so I agree with you. It's very very hard. You're dealing with an unreasonable person. Um and it doesn't even have to be this particular sin. I have dealt with unreasonable people and and uh, connected to my family as well and you can't reason with them. They're not even reasonable with God. They're they're not even listening to God. They're making sinful decisions that the Bible is super clear about but they don't care and end up blaming you for their bad decisions. Um, and so w- what is our remedy? Our remedy is to stay as close as we can. Um, our remedy is to uh, not fight and not get into arguments with them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if she has a child, I'm going to assume she had a man in her life at one time. Um, she's probably wrestling with that. And now this newfound, you know, because these relationships, although God prohibits them and, and they are sinful according to God, they're real. Like there's a, a real connection between these two people. Uh, and and it, it's, it's a connection that, that has been fed and it's a connection that has been stoked and kindled. And it's a, it's a relationship that's off limits because we can say the same thing about someone committing adultery. Um, you know, they're, they're having a little difficulty in their marriage at home. So they go to work, uh, they're the, let's put it, let's make the illustration this way. The gal is in a weakened condition. Some idiot guy at, at work sees that starts becoming everything that her husband isn't. Um, she Mm -hmm. stokes the relationship. She starts to like it. There's a real connection between them and it's absolutely forbidden. It's it just because there's emotion, just because there's connection, just because there's even what some would term love. It's not biblical love. Um, it's eros, you know, the Greek word. Uh, it's erotic love. It's my maybe mm-hmm. phileo love, but it's not godly love. Um, right. And it's, and it's not as... I've, I've listened to your sermons in the morning, and I think just recently, about a week or two ago, you were talking about David, and I believe it was Jonathan. Yes. And uh-huh. you were bringing that up, and I feel like you kind of been... God's been speaking to me through you in the morning. Yes. Good. About the sexuality, homo, you know, the this kind of situation. Yes. And yes. when I go pray, all I can do is cry. 
No, I know it's hard. I mean, that's it would it would be the same uh, if your daughter didn't want to talk to you. It would be the same if she chose, you know, a hundred other things. I know homosexuality today is getting all the press and all of the um, all of the attention, but the root of it is still sin. Sin still destroys. Sin still brings death. And if you know, God does love her, and He does love her to the point where His remedy of of love and separation was to sacrifice his own son on her behalf so Mm -hmm. to say that god would love her no matter what she did is just foolish that's not true and we can say that's not true god god doesn't love us no matter what in the sense that love equals approval oh yeah you know you can do whatever you want you can no no that's not that that's so foolish if somebody hurt her daughter as bad as that is Mm-hmm. Is she going to use the same logic? I doubt it. Right. Oh, you know, it's so okay. As a, God. as a parent, how do I look at the... I'm, I look like I'm a parent looking from the outside looking in, and I pray yes. for her all the time and for my granddaughter, because she yes. pretends that the, the, the woman that she's marrying is a man, and that they're a okay. family, and she perceives this person to be the father of my granddaughter. And um, Well, that's I impossible. That's like just God impossible. God is just—I don't know. I don't feel like I'm being spoken to because I'm so emotionally upset. It's hard, you know. You you want to you want to be able, like anything, to not emotionally respond, and 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 just acknowledging, like you said, it, it is hard. It is going to be hard. Uh, it's going to continue to be hard because we're dealing with sin right in the face, right in our own family, and. Mm-hmm. Um, the one of the great not only not one of the consequences will be possibly not seeing your daughter not being a part of her life and not being a part of your grand granddaughter's life and we just pray that's a season or we first of all we pray it doesn't happen at all but i know that the that when we're dealing with the consequences of sin it's not just our sin it, it's everybody um it's it's um we don't just deal with the consequences of our own sin but we also deal with the consequences of someone else's sin um, mm-hmm. and you know, not seeing your grandchild is horrific, especially when it's the consequence of someone else's sin. It's just so not the heart of God. And let's just pray that your daughter will not have that heart of a heart and won't be surrounded with people that encourage it. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Oh yeah. Don't, I mean, it's just the dumbest counsel in the world, um, mm-hmm. and makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but I want to recommend a book to you also. Um, let me, I, I can, let me see. Let me just go back to my call screen real quick. What city are you in? Are you in Denver? I'm in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, geez. Okay. So we'll have to send this to you. So I'm going to send this to you. Okay. Unless you, do you read on Kindle? You can buy it right away. Yeah, I read on Kindle. Okay. So get this book like as soon as you hang up. Okay. Um, we're actually having this family to our church. Um, they're so uh, scheduled that we can't get them till next year. But the book is powerful. It's called um, Out of a Far Country. Out of a Far Country. All right. And the author is, the last name is spelled Y-U-A-N. Okay. And it is the story of a mom and her son uh, with her son uh, battling through a season of homosexuality and, and her making a lot of mistakes and God answering their prayers, and and now he travels around the world with his family, sharing the love of Jesus, and 
the battle with this whole same-sex attraction and all the things that so many are battling today. And I believe it will greatly encourage you. I mean, we tried to get him out this year, and we couldn't, uh, but he will be coming to Calvary sometime next year for a conference on this very topic, and he'll be teaching our services, and we'll be making all this stuff available. But the book is phenomenal. It was our book of the month not too long ago. Okay, I will do that. Thank you so much. I'm sorry you're going through this. You know, I know that um, um, I know that it's hard, but I know that you love your daughter. And if there's anyone on the planet Earth that demonstrates an unselfish love to your daughter, it's you. And she may not see that right now, and she may not even appreciate it because she's she's clouded by her own choices, her own selfishness, mm-hmm. um, and. And I don't know her, so I'm not, I, you know, if she's, maybe she's listening right now. Oh, man, that's my mom. Um, you know, I don't know you. <laughs> I doubt you know, it. And, and, <laughs> but if you, so maybe somebody will send her the podcast or something. I, I want to be clear that I don't know you and I, and I don't judge you for the place you are in your life right now. But I do ask you to be reasonable and open your eyes to the pain that you're causing your mom, to the difficulties you're creating. And to call a woman a father is simply untrue. You're not living in reality. It's not true. This woman is not the father of your child. And so consider, let's let, you know, even God understands the weaknesses of our humanity. And he tells Mm -hmm. us, come, let us reason together. And, you know, when we lose reasoning ability, um, you know, it's very, very hard to meet in any kind of... Agreement. My daughter's not out of my life. I'm I good. Use, I do see my granddaughter and everything. I just I'm so good. I just I just pray for her all the time, all the time, and I just keep praying and praying and praying that the situation that God will intervene, and I just keep keep praying um, because I don't want to you know be the the one that outcasts my daughter for the sins because we all make sins, but then I wonder if I'm doing the right thing. Well, we won't ever um, so outcast, you know, really we won't ever outcast our family because of their sin. We will always be available to them. I mean, Jesus taught us that in the story of the prodigal son. They'll always be our kids. We will always love them. We will always serve them and be available to them. The question actually, what, what, what we're, what we don't know is how will that look? Mm-hmm. And, Correct. and I know for a fact, listening to you as a mom, you will never uh, make your daughter an outcast ever. Um, it, the relationship may be different, but but check this out. You won't believe this. Okay, I'm just I just flipped over to my text questions at 4:09. So even before you called in, I'm going to read this text word for word. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Hi, Pastor. I called a month ago for God to make a miracle in my daughter's life. My daughter was getting married to a woman. The wedding it's been canceled by her partner. God heard my prayers. I never gave up on my daughter. God's plans are amazing. My daughter is heartbroken, but God will heal her broken heart. He has a plan for her. Thank you for your prayers. Please share this on the radio. God is listening to our prayers and miracles happen as we trust and humble ourselves to God because God is good all the time. Thank you. Wow. (laughs) That's the Lord. That's the Lord ministering to your heart. (laughs) He loves you as a mom, and he wants you to know he hears your prayers. I've always thought about calling in, and I never have, and then today it just weighed on me to call in, so I did it. (laughs) 
That was crazy. Wow. Thank you so much. 409. If you, um, if you email me, Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org, I will forward you this so you can print it out and keep it in your Bible. I will. Thank you so very much. So, let's pray for your daughter. Okay. Uh, Father, like this um, text that came through, uh, we do pray for this precious daughter who uh, is, is in a season of life of making decisions that are very painful, both to her, her daughter, and her mom. But more than anything, painful to you, God, because it's not your design for us to live in, in such a way of man with man and woman with woman. It's not your heart. Neither is adultery, neither is fornication, neither is all sorts of things. And so we pray for a deliverance um, like this other mom has experienced. We pray, God, that you would break the bonds that have brought these two people together, that you would open their eyes, uh, that you would reveal to them your great love and purpose for their lives, that um, even, as, uh, if, if, even if it's just like this, um, even if it's just like this, that the, that the ceremony is canceled, that's our desire and our, our hope. And I also pray for this young woman, Lord, that, God, would you open the door for reasonable dialogue? I know it's hard. And I know the political climate and everything is very, makes it very, very difficult. But forget all that nonsense. We don't care about politics or opinions or anything like that because we know the gospel is the power of you, God, to salvation for everyone that believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. It can break through all of these communication barriers that you might have the glory. And that's just our heart and our desire and our prayer. And I know that I was just reading today, in Luke 18, it says, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. And so I pray for my sister, God, to not lose heart in her desperate prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, stay in touch, would you please? I sure will. Thank you. Okay, Tammy. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. All right. We're going to move on to, it looks like Carl is on the line. Carl, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. Um, my question, probably don't have enough time to address it. Um, okay. So, a little bit of context for it. My church last year, um, we had some leadership who were caught in some sins, and we they've, they've stepped down, and, and we're in a time of transition, and other leadership has been coming in, and, and we, were, we are a church that uh, ascribes to a literal interpretation, the same type of inter interpretation as Calvary Chapel, as your church does. Okay. Um, and one of the pastors that has been put in charge of the pulpit uh, and the teaching has more of a left-leaning hermeneutics, uh, more of an allegorical, metaphorical interpretation of Scripture, and has okay. been promoting. He, um, in this sermon, uh, had us watch a video from the Bible Project, and I did some research. I started watching some of the videos, and they have like their video on Revelation, they have replacement theology on, on or video on the Holy Spirit. They they teach the Holy Spirit's a, a, an energy, not a person. Uh, doesn't really? have personhood. And I was just the curious. Bible Project like, what does? does. What does? Uh, what is the danger of teachings like that? What, what do false doctrines and teachings that or those interpretations really do to a church body? Like why why should I be concerned about that stuff? I can talk about well, my because... head all about this stuff. Well, about, you you need to be concerned because if you get if you get God wrong, then you get everything else wrong. Like everything else follows. It's sort of like if you ask the question, "What happens, Ed, if I go home to the wrong address? If I have the, my 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 home address off? What if I what if I have it off by one number 
and I go to the dress that that was given to me is wrong, and I go to the wrong number. Um, everything's wrong. You know, you're walking to someone else's house. It's breaking and entering. They might think you're. Uh, everything's going to go wrong. Um, unless the owner is gracious, like you're going to be lost, you're going to be confused, you're going to be fearful, you're going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So the ramifications, and that simple illustration, the ramifications within the body of Christ is even worse because now we're going to have people all in all sorts of stages of wrong um, that that have eternal consequences uh, that would lead many, many people astray. Uh, and so, um, you know, when you think of uh, when you think of who the Holy Spirit is, I mean, the Holy Spirit is a person. The Bible is n- yeah. is super clear on it. Um, here's a list of things: He has intelligence. He, he has a will. He has emotions. He's grieved. He can be quenched. He can be resisted. He can be insulted. He can be blasphemed. He can be lied to. He teaches believers. He can fix people of their sin. He calls men to service. He leads. He intercedes. He speaks. The Holy Spirit is very much uh, the third person of the Trinity. Now, um, I'm a little surprised um, that the Bible Project is teaching that the Holy Spirit is a force. That is a brand new—I've never heard that before. You should you should go check him out, because I watched a video. We started a, a verse-over-verse study of the of Book of Acts in our, like, a, like a Saturday night thing at our church, and and in saying myself, and they, they teach that— uh, that it's not about the Holy Spirit, it's about Jesus. They say Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and, but it's really about Jesus doing all the works in the early church. And, and even though, you know, Jesus is in heaven, after he ascends in chapter 1, they, they ascribe all the works of, of all the miracles to Jesus and not to the Holy Spirit. And then when you go watch the, their video on Revelation, they have a replacement theology where they, uh, all the all the um, prophecies have to do with the church and not with Israel. That the, it's the church that goes through the tribulation. And well, is the, you know, the that, that's different. Then, that's different, um, though. That's uh, we reject replacement theology, but that's different than than saying the whole. I mean, that's a different mistake or a different disagreement than saying the Holy Spirit is not a person. Like, can, if you if you have heard that specifically taught, can you forward me the link to the video that says that? Okay. I would like well, to. Uh, yeah. I would like I to mean, hear that. Re- this pastor he taught on Revelation and gave uh, like a millennialist uh, interpretation of, of Revelation, and then a metaphorical interpretation of Jonah when he taught on Jonah. Um, okay, so let then, me so let me be clear. Let me be clear. You're not saying the Bible Project is teaching that in their videos. It was the pastor that came in and used one of their videos for something. Yeah, and then but he okay. he promoted the Bible Project as a good Bible resource for to teach. Like he, he recommended everyone who was wanting to learn the Bible to start watching the Bible Project. But then I started looking at the Bible Project's videos and what they're teaching. Like the Holy Spirit video they have, they do a word study of the Holy Spirit, and not once they mention the personhood of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's all about the, the Holy Spirit being this energy, this breath, this wind. But they don't mention the person. They of call the Holy him Spirit, an energy. So. They they actually call him an energy and a force. They use those words. Yeah. Yeah. You should go check That's them out. A, that I I don't have time to go through all the videos, so can you send them one? Send me the link. Sure. Yeah, yeah I can do that. Because that would, you know, depending on the context of how they say that, you know, I think that uh, certainly the 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 word pneuma, I mean, obviously from the Holy Spirit, is being used in the Greek, so there is a sense of that, and there is a sense of biblical teaching that the Holy Spirit's role is always to glorify Jesus Christ, uh, and yet at the same time, the Holy Spirit is always doing everything that Jesus and the Father's doing. They're one in unity, 
and I'd be very, very shocked uh, to to hear. I, I heard about some of the reformed leanings of the Bible Project. That's because the guys that are putting it together are reformed. You know, they're yeah. they that's what they adhere to. But you know, uh, they're that reformed theology is easy to you know when you read the Bible, it's pretty clear that. Um, the Bible refutes it. You have to reinterpret the Bible in order to get to some of the hardcore um, reformed teachings like limited atonement. Like it just, you, that just doesn't hold up. I know Calvin believed it, but the Bible doesn't. Yeah. Okay. That kind of stuff. Yeah. But I would love to see that. And so the danger of a false teacher in the pulpit is that everyone's going to be led astray. They're like sheep uh, that are going to be led to the slaughter. They're like the blind leading the blind. Uh, especially when it comes to the nature of God. I mean, you, you, you get it, you, you know, like my friend Gino Dracy says, you get it wrong with Jesus, you get everything wrong. Yeah. All right, yeah. you're right. We're up out of time, but I appreciate that. I'll look forward. Pastor Ed at calvaryaurora.org. All right, thanks. All right, man. Hey, you're coming up to the end of today's program. Thanks for uh, joining us. I know it sounds different uh, because I don't normally host today, but I was glad to be here and jump in and fill in uh, and uh, just be used to the Lord. He's so faithful to us, and and His love for you is supreme. And we never did get any calls on meditation or anything, but listen to the Bible study. Go to our app at Calvary Aurora uh, on your app store, download it, or go to our website, calvaryaurora.org, and you hear the music. We'll be right back, or we'll actually be back tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.